You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of season three of Heart and Soul. I am joined today by um, Julia Parzik, who is the owner of the Instagram handle and business surrounding fit, fat, and all that. She's an eating disorder recovery coach. She is all about body inclusivity. She's a freaking hoot on Instagram. Those are so funny. Her reels really get me of of you and your boyfriend. Um, (laughs) But she's just super encouraging and she's all about women feeling comfortable and confident in the skin that they are already in instead of trying to fit a certain mold. Um, So she is the perfect guest for heart and soul. Thank you so much, Julia, for being on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. And I love how we connected. I think that's so awesome that we connected so randomly. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to be here. I know. I guess I'll tell the audience how we connected. So I have been following Julia on Instagram for like, I don't know, years. And I didn't realize, but we both got asked to be um, speakers on a middle school panel. It was seriously so It was so cute. It was so cute. It was the cutest thing. This this young girl in like eighth grade put together um, all by herself for her eighth grade project, a panel to talk about with her, talk about professionals with her class about body image, about not fitting, not trying to succumb to society standards, about ways to battle against pressures. It was of the world. so awesome. It was insane. I was like, I wish I was like you in eighth grade. You're going to right. So far. So Julia is on this panel with me and we're, you know, bouncing back and forth with questions. And then she mentions her Instagram name. And I was like, I knew I knew you. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. What a small world. I was like, I know face. I was like, how do I know this face? The whole time I was thinking about it. And then I was like, I've been following you. I'm, I I'm love so- that. <laughs> so, so awesome. Yeah. That's how we connected. And after that, I was like, we need to just continue the conversation. So thanks so much for like joining me for the podcast today. It's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do in the body image space? And if you wouldn't mind even going backwards into how you got in, like what your story was into getting into this space. Yeah. So I, like you said, I'm an eating disorder recovery coach. So I work with women, um, solely. Um, and I help them find a healthy relationship with their bodies, food and movement. So I work on intuitive eating with them. I work on body image. I work on finding joyful movements. Um, and I also, um, partner with brands on Instagram to promote like body inclusivity, um, and really just kind of share my journey, um, on social media. And it kind of became a job, which is so awesome. Um, but it wasn't always like that. Um, I struggled with an eating disorder for like 10 plus years. Um, it started around the age of like 13 or 14 and, you know, just the typical, like going through puberty, body changing. I struggled with anxiety. Um, and so like my way to cope was, you know, controlling what I ate and, um, over exercising. And I was also going through a period of like being bullied about the way my body was looking. And back then, I mean, I think it's gotten a lot better now, but like back then, like 
Jessica Simpson and Britney Spears. And like, those are the people that like were in our media. And that's like the type of body I like aspired to be. And my body is just not naturally that shape. And so I ended up developing an eating disorder and really struggled with my body image, my relationship with food, my romantic relationships. Like my self-worth was just absolute. Can I swear on here? Yeah, you can pass. Yeah. Okay. It was absolute shit. Um, <laughs> and I never know. And I always ask usually before and I'm like, damn it. Um, but yeah, I just really struggled with like self-confidence and for a while I was just like, oh, this is what I'm going to struggle with. Like, this is, I, this is just normal. Like women all struggle with body image and the relationship with food. And I was always dieting. And it wasn't until I was about 24 and I'm 31 now that I decided to seek out um, an eating disorder therapist and work with a registered dietitian and kind of just heal my relationship with food and my body. And I've always loved the mental health space. My mom's a pediatrician and does a lot of work in like behavioral health. Um, and so it's always just really interested me. And after I recovered from my eating disorder and shared my journey on social media, I was like, oh, I, I really love this space. Um, and I, I would love to help more women um, overcome body image issues and their eating disorders because I mean, I think every woman can agree that at some point in their life, they've felt dissatisfied with how they've looked. Um, and yeah, I kind of made a job out of it. So it kind of came full circle. Um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting turn of events. Well, it's really cool because what I love most about this idea of shameless living is when we live unashamed of our past, then we can actually use those. Oh yeah. We see as weaknesses as a way, like we can use our story as a way to encourage others to not fall into that same pit, but instead mm -hmm. elevate themselves higher. And so yeah. exactly what you're doing. And a lot of, I think a lot of women put themselves into this box of like, I am not able to like, this isn't a job. I'm not able to do this. Like mm -hmm. here are my options, but if it's something that you're passionate about, like you can do anything, you can make money oh, yeah. anything, and you can make a career out of anything. And it's not even about the money at that point because you love it, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And like, honestly, for the longest time, cause I grew up in Michigan kind of like Midwest values and everything like that. Like I just lived very small in a sense of like my dreams. Like I always wanted to be a teacher, went to Michigan state to, to study elementary education, was a teacher and then was a nanny and all of these, all of these things just like didn't feel right. Um, and I was like too scared to, to branch out. And then I was like, Oh, I can turn like my pain into like purpose and like actually follow the dreams and like the, like, I never thought of myself as a business owner. Like if you would have told my teenage self that I would have owned my own business, I would have been like, absolutely not. This girl's too disorganized. Um, but I made it work and it's, yeah, it's been super cool to just see like where I came from. And I'm just like, holy crap, we really are capable of doing some awesome things. Seriously. And like, you can use that that original idea of I wanted to be a teacher to teach in other outlets, like you don't mm -hmm. have to, to a classroom teaching about you know history of old white men, right? You can right <laughs> you can <teach laughs> exactly about things that you want to teach about, which is awesome. One thing that I really loved about you specifically being the guest on that panel we were on is that you said your eating disorder started at 13 years old, which is so young, but but sadly, unfortunately, so prevalent amongst that age. Oh, yeah. 
And I, mine started later in life. So like my journey around healing and even like, even just settling into what I, what I actually was struggling with was more, it it was easier for me to comprehend. And I think because it started at such, I was 22 when mine started because like my brain was even more developed. I was able Mm -hmm. to get out of it faster. But when you're 13, your brain is like, Oh, so I thought it was totally normal. Like I was just like, Oh, like it, it was so rational to me, the choice that I was making and it totally affected like my mental health and like my mom's eating disorder started when she was nine. My sister struggled with an eating disorder. So it was just, I was kind of surrounded around like body image issues. So I was like, I thought this was normal. Yeah. And that's something that we, that I'd love for you to speak into is a lot of, a lot of young people. It's not just media. I mean, media plays a huge part into how we look at our bodies. Mm -hmm. A lot of young people who develop eating disorders and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like develop them based off their their parents, who's mm-hmm. them, who what words people are using around. Oh them. yeah, and so absolutely. When you're working with a client, how like one thing I'm very passionate about with coaching because I do um, physical like fitness coaching. One thing I'm um, passionate about is not using certain words, not using mm-hmm. vocabulary, and then replacing those with very specific words. Mm-hmm. So like when you're coaching a client, how do you get, like, how do you pour that into them to rewrite the narrative in their head of this is a, this is, this doesn't need to be a negative thing. And this can be positive. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. worried about this, but like, how no, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of just rewiring the way we think about things. I mean, just for example, like with food, I have so many clients that are like, this is good. This is bad. Or this form of movement is good. This form of movement is bad. I look bad. Like really removing, um, we kind of work on like, okay, we're not going to say these things anymore. We're not going to like categorize food as good or bad. We're not going to categorize people as good or bad or bodies as good or bad. Um, and, and emotions as good as bad. I have a lot of clients that just struggle to even feel the uncomfortable, we just call them uncomfortable emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that results in them using these unhealthy coping skills, but we use words that are more like unhelpful and helpful or more nutrition or more nutrient dense. Um, we have, you know, like fun foods, like those sort of things, like really working on the way we say things, because I don't think people realize how important our vocabulary is. Um, and, and especially the way we speak to ourselves. And when I have my clients like verbalize the things they say to themselves and they say it out loud, they're like, holy crap, I can see why I feel the way I feel about myself because I've just been internally saying this to myself. But when I have to vocalize it, I I can see why I would feel bad about who I am. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we're not supposed to be saying these like horrible things about ourselves. Like that's not normal. Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, the brain is a muscle. It's like a machine. Mm -hmm. So if you train it to speak certain words over yourself, then it's, it's so much harder down the line to get out of that. And like one of my fears with, with one of my fears with recovering has been, I pray that like, I don't use these negative things. I think about myself. I don't use these in words around my daughter or around my future Mm -hmm. because I have to, 
it, and that's why retraining that muscle is so important. Oh yeah. Like you start oh, yeah. and retraining that muscle to be like, okay, this is something that I cannot say because people pick up on that. And then they're conditioned to that type of vocabulary. Oh yeah. And like my mom never spoke poorly about my body. My parents never made any comments about my body. However, my mom made a lot of comments about her own body. And so like, I just learned those, those thought patterns and behaviors by listening. I mean, kids' brains are such sponges and especially with like the media that's out there, the horrible commercials that I just like remember seeing or like horrible movies where they coin like the fat girl is like, you know, unattractive and like a loser and all these things. Like, it's like, we take those images in. And so we have to be really mindful about like what images we're taking in, like what people were following on social media, what words we're using, what magazines we're reading. Like, it's so important. And I just, I think we kind of subconsciously don't realize that, you know, we're taking in all these like really unhelpful things. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned, um, when you were sharing your story, you mentioned that you just assume this is something I'll always deal with. I fall into that trap a lot and I still find myself like struggling with that if I'm just Mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. And I think it's because I feel as if these negative thoughts about my body or about myself in general, they creep in and I, I have to now, and now I'm equipped and that's what you do for your clients is now I'm equipped with tools to fight them. But I, I kind of, I have coined it as like, I'll constantly be recovering. Do you, Mm -hmm. what do you think? Like when you're working with clients or even in your own journey, have you been like, I am fully recovered or, Mm -hmm. And, and what is that? Like, how do, how do you separate that? I know that's like a weird. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it all the time with my clients. Like, what is the definition of like being recovered? And the thing is, is it's different for every single person. There's no, like, you have to have X, Y, and Z to define yourself as being fully recovered. I would say that I'm fully recovered. However, that does not mean that I don't ever have body image issues. It means that Um, I still struggle sometimes with thoughts around food and, you know, my relationship with all of those things because I'm human. However, I, I believe that being fully recovered means that I don't use my eating disorder as a way to cope. I, so like, I don't restrict food. I don't work out when, um, it doesn't feel aligned for me. Um, and it, and I don't, you know, like weigh myself, like those types of behaviors that I used in my eating disorder, like binging and purging, like those sort of things I don't utilize anymore as my coping skills. However, those thoughts may come up that I want to use those things. However, I don't, I, I, like you said, you're equipped with the skills on how to manage that. And to me, I think that's recovered to say, Hey, I know where that road leads me. And I know that that's not helpful. However, it might feel good in the moment. Um, and you have to revert back to like self-care and like using, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and like doing all of these things that have helped me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that shit still comes up for me too. It's just, unfortunately, it's just accepting that that's just kind of, we're always going to have that part of ourselves that that eating disorder voice does exist. Um, but like what me and my clients work on is really strengthening our healthy self that lives within us. So when the eating disorder voice does come up, we're able to have an integrated like conversation with it and not let it like overpower us. That's huge because 
I mean, that just gave me relief hearing that because, Yay. <laughs> because I mean, I do not, I don't use my eating disorder as a way to cope anymore. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll still, because I'm, I feel like I'm prone to shame and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Sometimes I will still get down on myself for thinking something. Mm. Oh yeah. When I'm, when I'm on this side of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know that after you saying that it it's, it's relieving for me to know that even though I might have the thought of, I might should, I should probably eat less tomorrow. I don't actually do it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. I have the thought, but then I know better. Um, right. Oh, absolutely. And then you're like, okay, the thought will dissipate. I'm not going to feel this way permanently. And it's like, we can move on. Whereas before it's like you plan the next day of what you're going to eat and all these things like those are showing that you, there's still some work that you need to do. But if you have the thought, I mean, we can't control what comes up in our brain. And if we've had an eating disorder for a period of time, like those thoughts are just going to come up. Yeah. That's so good. I like feel like I, I can breathe. Yay. <laughs> We're gone as you think you are. No, um, no, no, no. Um, one thing that I do, we talk a lot about body image issues and I've touched on my um, personal style of disordered eating, but it would be, I think it would be really educational for our listeners since this is your line of work to inform them on the different types of eating disorders. Cause I think we associate like it's anorexia or bulimia, but there's so many other. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. There's, I mean, there's so many subtypes and, um, you know, most of my clients that come to me don't have a diagnosable eating disorder because if it doesn't meet the like criteria, um, of, you know, binging on a certain amount of calories or being underweight at a certain amount, then, and, and what I see as a problem is sometimes they feel like it's not bad enough. Um, but if you have any disordered relationship with, you know, food or your body or fitness, like it's worth seeking help. Um, a lot of my clients have binge eating disorder. Um, and usually a typical like clinical binge is something between, I think it's like over like 5,000 calories or something like that in one sitting. Most of my clients that I see struggle just with like the binging and purging in some type of relationship. So whether it's like purging by vomiting or purging by like exercise or purging with like laxatives or diuretics, like those types of things. Um, I have a couple of clients that struggle with anorexia and then there's some different types of anorexia. Um, and then there's bulimia. So that's making yourself throw up. And then, um, they now have, um, it's called orthorexia, which is like obsessively clean eating, um, and like a lot of compulsive exercise. And that's kind of something that my eating disorder moved into. And what I see a lot with my clients is that they kind of struggle with like a variety of them. So mine originally started as restriction and then it moved to bulimia and binge eating. And then it really, really turned into orthorexia. So like I thought I was super healthy because I was like clean eating and I do air quotes and, you know, I was like doing all of these diets and tracking my food and that's just so normalized in our society. It's like, this is what it looks like to be healthy that I was like, no, I don't have an eating disorder. Um, however, I was really under eating in terms of calories. I was obsessively working out wearing like 
you know, heart rate monitors to see how many calories I've burned and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's honestly just a massive range. And then there's some really interesting ones of, you know, behaviors like chewing and spitting. And I mean, there's just a range of things um, in terms of what you can struggle with, with an eating disorder. If there's a part of you that kind of questions like this might be unhealthy, it probably is. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really not limited to one box. I mean, mine started mm-hmm. as a going on a like a restrictive diet, and then it turned into it's usually how they start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it turned into binging, and then it turned into over exercising. Mm-hmm. So something that society or the world might tell you is healthy, because moving your body is healthy. Can yeah, something that is a very unhealthy obsession. Yeah. So I think if it's something like one thing that I tell my clients is if it's something that if a thought creeps into your head multiple times a day, like if it's like, let's say your thought is I should probably exercise because I ate this. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's just a simple thought. Then, then it might be something deeper than you think it is. Yeah. It's like really asking what is my intention and motivation behind doing this behavior? If I want to go to the gym because I know that I'm going to feel really good. I like that. It makes me feel strong. I got some energy I have to let out. What a great, healthy intention. If you're going because you had pizza last night and you feel guilty, maybe reevaluate that relationship and question like, what's your motivation behind doing it? Yeah, that's huge because- Eating healthy and working out is, is not inherently wrong. And I think sometimes, no, I think sometimes when you go on this, like anti-diet side, people think it's anti-health and that's not the case. Yes. That's, that's what drives me crazy with social media is this idea that like, if I don't adopt a diet, then I'm like sitting at home eating like fast food all day, every day. And I'm like, "Mm, no, that's actually not the case at all. Like I crave salads. I crave smoothies. I crave things that would maybe typically look as like healthy. Um, But I also eat things like burgers and pizza. Like I eat a range of things. And I think people think that it has, it's so black and white. And this idea of intuitive eating doesn't have necessarily like a a list of rules. It has guidelines, but it doesn't have a list of rules that diets have. And people love rules. They love following rules because they feel accomplished. And intuitive eating is intuitive and that can be confusing. And people are like, "Mm -mm, I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. And when you're, but when you're freed up from that, like when you're freed up from this, you know, this exercise is, for burning calories and you're just freed up because you enjoy that type of movement. Mm-hmm. Oh, it feels so good. Oh my gosh, it feels so good. Like I'm sure, I'm sure there are people, I mean, haters are everywhere. So I'm sure there are people who follow me and think, oh my gosh, she works out every day. She must still have an eating disorder. Well, no, and I love working I out. I love working out. Like it's not something mm-hmm. that I'm doing to punish myself anymore. And that's the shift. Um, oh Yeah. And same thing with food. Like I really love smoothies. I also really love burgers. I had one last night mm-hmm. and it was delicious. It doesn't make one inherently good and one inherently bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Like food, we've like adopted this idea that food has a moral compass. And it's like, if you eat an apple, it doesn't inherently make you good. And if you eat a burger, it doesn't make you inherently bad. And that's what diet culture has really adopted is 
we have foods that are good and bad. And when we eat the good foods, we feel like good people. And when we eat the bad foods, we feel like bad people. And that's just a ridiculous concept. Mm-hmm. I, um, I kind of want to shift into your influencer life <laughs> because you are, I mean, as weird as that word is, I'm sure it's probably still weird for you to say like, I'm an influencer, but yeah, it's, it's odd because it's just like such a new career title. Yeah. And also it doesn't have the bad, people make fun of influencers all the time, you know, and granted for good reason, I think, but yeah, I mean, there is a part of me that's like, Ooh, you know, well, I don't love saying cool, it though, because if you actually look at the word influence, like you're, because of your platform, you have the potential to influence minds and bodies and change people's hearts and souls for the better. So yeah. if you like, look at it from that angle. It's like, this is the dopest job on earth. Oh, um, it's, it's, there's so many perks and I love it. Yeah, I kind of want to dive into just that, that side of your life being so present on social media, how it has positively impacted your life and how you've like reaped benefits, not just financially, but just um, mentally and, you know, physically, emotionally from it, but also how you, how you actively fight against the negativity that pops Mm -hmm. up. Because I'm sure with more followers comes more hate. Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. how do you how do you balance that? Yeah. And this is actually something that I've been like talking to my therapist about just because as I've gotten bigger, I think there's more expectations. Um, I feel more pressure. Um, And obviously, like you said, with more followers comes more hate. And I, I'll, I'll start with the negative side of it all is especially within the age that we're currently in with like cancel culture and so many social justice issues and all of these things that are coming up. There's so much pressure to show up in like a perfect way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the time people forget that influencers are humans and it's usually just one person behind the screen, like creating this content and, you know, navigating this space and trying our best to, use the correct words and educate ourselves and do all these things and show up in a way that's going to be positive. Um, and there's always, always going to be some, someone that has something to say and it can be really disheartening and it can be really frustrating because the intent is always so good. And I try really, really hard to educate myself and, um, you know, I ask people around, like, can you read this? Does this come off? Okay. And like, I don't want to censor myself, um, but I just have noticed that the larger I get, the more fearful I get of kind of posting maybe things that are a little bit more controversial. And, um, but with working with like in therapy and like boundaries and that type of stuff, I've gotten to a space where I just realized that no matter what I do, people are always going to find something negative. Um, And I know that deep down, I'm a good person with good intent and everybody fucks up. Like nobody's perfect. Um, and I just continuously share my boundaries and speak up for myself and actually have a, um, assistant that manages my DMS, like my DM requests, which is game changer, honestly, so helpful. So I don't have to see some of the, just like blatantly rude things that people says. Um, and that's just been like a really great boundary for me. Um, 
but the perks of it, I mean, I've just created such a wonderful, like supportive community. Um, I've met so many, like one of my, actually two of my best friends I've met through Instagram, my friend Jane, um, and my friend Devin, I both met through just following each other on social media. And, um, I've just loved how many wonderful women in the same space that I've been in. Um, it just gives you easy access to like create such great connections with people. And I have like good friends that I've never actually met because of like COVID and stuff like that, where I'm like, is it weird that like never actually met in real life? Um, and it's just given me really like, like so much freedom in my life. And, um, I was someone that was working like 60, 70 hours a week was barely scraping by with like paycheck to paycheck. Like I, I was really struggling financially and, um, this, my, my coaching and being an influencer has definitely given me the freedom to live comfortably and also do the things that I want to do. I love to travel. I love connecting with people. I love helping women. And that's exactly what I'm able to do. And so I'm so grateful for my platform, despite um, some of the shit I may get. I think it's just kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. Instagram's funny like that, or just social media in general. Some people I'm just like, how do you have so much time on your hands to write me a novel about how much you hate me? I was just going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say is what is it? How is it benefiting you to spend that time being Mm -hmm. so hateful towards someone? Like what joy does that give you in the end of the day? You know? And the, and the thing I've realized is most of the time I'm in a space where I'm not triggered and I can just be like, yo, this person's having a bad day Mm -hmm. and they feel the need to take it out, whether it comes from envy, jealousy, maybe they're feeling poorly about themselves, whatever. Um, But it always shocks me, like, would you ever say that to my face? And I'm just like highly doubtful. Um, And but some days if you catch me on a bad day, like yesterday, (laughs) I like went off on this person because I'm like PMSing. I'm like, you know. A little sensitive, and I read something. And I was like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> and so, some days I just like I can't help it, and I just get triggered. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm human." Next time, I just need to like delete and block or whatever. So, I mean, some days you'll catch me feeling a little triggered about certain things, but yeah, some people are just cruel. I just yeah. don't understand it. It goes back to that um, saying, like, "Hurt people, hurt people." Mm-hmm. Gotta be yep. something deeper going on. With You've got to be so unhappy to send a novel to a complete stranger on the internet about how much you dislike them. I'm just like, uh-huh. you, you probably are not a, a happy human. I actually just saw a post today and you, you might follow this person. Do you follow the birds papaya? Love her. Sarah's yeah. amazing. Obsessed with her. You, do you know her like on a personal? I, like- yeah. Through like DMs That's and stuff so like cool. that. I, yeah. I love her. I think she's so, she's real. so wonderful. But she's holding a picture of her baby in this post. Yes. And someone commented on it. She eats crap all the time. Talking about Sarah, you should see her Instagram and the junk she ate during pregnancy. Like, no wonder this is the result. And I'm like, what? She's had like four children. She's had four (laughs) children. I'm currently pregnant. And I'm sorry, you cannot control sometimes. No. You need to eat. Right. And honestly, like you're building like a human life. Like I just, the audacity of some people and I'm like, who raised you? Yeah. (laughs) What happened to you? Yeah. And, and I loved her response to it was, 
this is the result they see. And she zoomed in on, you know, her curves, her belly, her belly. And, and then she said the result I see, and she zoomed in on her Her cute little baby. Let me. Yes. So it's like, I know it's it, it, and it, and that's kind of what you spoke into is, you know, some days you're going to have bad days where you're going to hear those comments and you're going to, you want to fight back or yeah. Oh yeah. But if you have a strong root and like what is actually true about you or what is actually true about your body then yeah you can be like okay I'm sorry you see it that way but this is this is what I know is true oh and and honestly like I just have to put in per, like remind myself the negative never outweighs the positive the amount of wonderful beautiful dms I get in comments like just totally outweighs that of course we always love to like pick apart the negative ones because it's just easier to do Um, hundred positive comments. And then we're like, do you see this comment? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I don't even have like the left, like the amount of followers that you have. So I can't imagine, but even sometimes like I'll get a comment and I'll be like, like, I know, I know. So it's, yeah. Being on social media just opens you up to a lot of like to, to open to criticism and it's just yeah. unfortunate that some people just don't have a fucking filter yeah and also what you said earlier about seeing your therapist and creating boundaries we are perfectly capable and should be willing to create boundaries in our lives for you it's someone censoring your dms that's mm-hmm. you know you needed that um you know for someone else it might be only logging on to instagram at this time every day instead of scrolling mindlessly all day mm-hmm. could, you you know what triggers you and so if you dig deep down you're like okay this triggers me then i'm going to set this boundary right <laughs> i think my boyfriend left his phone here and it's like ringing i was like shit i didn't okay. even hear i didn't even hear it. okay good on a rant um, no 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 it was good too <laughs> Yeah. So if you know what triggers you, then you are more like able to set those boundaries around that trigger. Um, One thing that you talked about in our panel that we were on for those precious middle schoolers was ways to kind of create sensors and filters around Mm -hmm. your Instagram. Like they basically ask like, what's some, what are some tangible things that I can do to not to not compare myself to others or to not have this negative view of my body. Would you mind just like sharing a few ways that our listeners can, um, you know, tap into and actually practice? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing is take like an inventory of who you're following and how you feel when you get on social media. If every single time you get on social media, you're scrolling and then you get off and you realize you feel like crap about yourself, maybe that's a sign that maybe we need to either mute some people or unfollow some people. Most of the time, if we're following influencers or big brands or things like that, not going to know if you unfollow them. Um, Say it's a friend that's maybe posting about their current diet or talking about their body or whatever it is. Like we can always mute them. You know, we don't necessarily have to unfollow those people, but know that to protect your own mental space, like it's okay to have those boundaries and just say like, I don't really want to see this content. Um, But you know, I, I made sure that I unfollowed accounts that talked all about diets that talked all about, you know, like being thin is better or a lot of like weight loss or, you know, movement in an unhealthy way. I hate like things like 
no excuses, like those types of things. Like I was like, okay, we just got to unfollow these people. Um, and I started refollowing um, more like body positive accounts, um, different body shapes and sizes. So really diversifying my feed, following more like black women and fat bodies, disabled bodies, and really just kind of showing what's really out there. I think a lot of the time we follow people and then we think that this is like what the world looks like and everybody's a thin white woman that's like traveling to Bali. And we're like, okay, wait, no, this is not reality. Like most people do not live that lifestyle. That is so you know, when I, that is what you see on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, how do I do this? And, you know, and I'm, you know, a 16 year old girl, like wondering why the heck my life is like boring. Um, but just like following like more uplifting accounts, accounts on like mental health, like those types of things. Um, and also just monitoring, like how much time are we spending on social media? You know, I, I, I struggle with this boundary just because it is my job. Um, so really just noticing like over the last week or so, I was just noticing I was feeling more anxious every time I was getting on social media, just feeling a little bit overwhelmed, feeling the need to show up. And so knowing that, okay, when do I need to implement some boundaries? When do I need to take breaks? When do I need to back off? Um, and maybe that's like implementing like a timer, um, you know, on your social media, you can like put in like a two hour limit for the day or whatever it is, like implementing those things. And then what I actually just recently did is there's a way in your settings to um, block certain words um, and like emojis. So I like removed things like fat and pig and like all of those types of things that sometimes I was seeing a lot in my comments and it'll automatically block those from being shown in your comments, which has been really, really nice. That's huge. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. really yeah. I saw a TikTok on it and I was like, okay, I need to do that. Um, one thing I've said this on the podcast before, and you, you mentioned this when you were um, just sharing is I, when I'm scrolling through social media and I find myself just seeing, you know, thin blonde Bali girls, yeah. <laughs> which that's a great life. I'm like, yeah, trust me. Like, I love that. Like low key, like looking into Bali tickets, realizing I'll go into debt over it. But, um, one thing that I always circle back to is like, when I go to a grocery store or when I, you yes. know, go to the mall, which is rare these days because COVID, but when I go to a grocery store, those aren't the people, those aren't the bodies. I'm, nope. I'm nope. seeing all different colors. I'm seeing all different sizes. I'm seeing all different walks of life, ages even. Mm -hmm. um, and so I like that you, I like that you said finding more inclusivity in who you follow and following people that aren't like you, because that's what the yeah. world is like. So if you want to use social media for good and let it be a place where you can land that equips you with how to interact with the real world, you know? Right. Like your Instagram should, well, yes, everybody, you know, is posting a highlight reel. Of course we want to show up in a way that like looks good. I think just, that's just a natural thing that we do with social media, but like your social media should reflect reality. If it's, if everybody looks the fucking same, then you're going to start comparing yourself to those images that you're constantly seeing. If that's what your brain is taking in every single day. Like you said, when you go to the grocery store, you don't see everyone that looks the same. And so like your social media should reflect that. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, if y'all are looking, if y'all are listening right now, and I know you already love Julia, but if you're looking for someone to follow that really represents inclusivity, then follow her at Fit Fat and all that, which I will put in the show notes because she's a fun follow. It's not, and it's Yay. not, it's <laughs> not just um, about intuitive eating or or um, movement. It's like funny, like that video you posted yesterday of you and your friend. <laughs> I I like watched it ten times. Like, Oh, I've watched it like at least a hundred times. <laughs> so good. It's funny content. It's just one of those. I, I feel like one thing that I, when I'm following people, if I want to go to their page and look at more then they're a good follow. And about you is it's not just a scroll where I'm like doing it for, you know, yeah. but I want to like go and see more. So y'all definitely follow her. Um, she's great. Thank I have, you. I have four questions that I ask every single guest at the end. Oh, okay. Podcast, which I didn't tell you ahead of time, so it's going to be great. Um, the first question is, what is something that you're currently obsessed with right now? It could be like a food product, a um, podcast, a beauty product, a TV show, whatever. Okay, I'm a. There's two things. One's food related. The Trader Joe's almond butter pretzel nuggets the like mm-hmm. oh my god fire yeah, so good here's a pro tip if you get those and you dip them in a just a little dip in nutella <laughs> it's a game changer oh my god greatest period snack ever thank you or for that if you, or if you hold like get a scoop and then put a scoop of m&ms with it like a little trail mix situation it really helps Okay. Ooh, I'm going to take you up on that. Um, and then I've been really into audiobooks lately and I've been listening to Janelle Brown. She like does a lot of stories that just like disturbing stories on like, you know, women disappearing. (laughs) Like I like really disturbing things. Um, but I love audiobooks. I felt a lot of like shame around like I should be able to read, but I struggle with ADHD and I'm like, nope, audiobook has got to be the way. And I've like finished three in like two weeks. Yeah. I, I am an audible donkey. One of my yes. favorite, one of my favorite authors, if you like that those kind of, you know, oh yeah. Books is Lisa Jewell. Um Lisa Jewell. I've been been like binging her stuff lately. And I really only read words. <laughs> If I'm trying to fall asleep because it like, Same. Tired. it makes me so tired. Like I'm like, oh, I'll read like a chapter and then a paragraph and I'm like, okay, night. Yeah. But I <laughs> it's too hard. Sleep. Exactly. So if I I'm, know. I'm struggling with sleep. Usually I'll read a book, like I'll read a physical book, but if I actually want to hear the story, I'm going to listen to it. So I'm with you. Yep. Um, okay. Second question is what's something that you're excited for in the rest of 2021? Oh man. Um, well, I think that being engaged is probably coming this year. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's super exciting. Um, the yeah, world my is gonna, I, your followers are going to freak out. Everyone's obsessed. I'm so excited. Um, so that and I'm, man, we've got some like fun travel coming up. We're going to Cabo. Um, we actually got a bunch of travel next year. I'm just excited to just kind of start doing all the things again. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for an engagement. Yeah. I better if that can happen. Otherwise, this is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to manifest yeah. that. Um, yeah. Okay. The next question is What is something that you really love about yourself? Uh, um, I love that I don't take myself too seriously. I, and I'm, I'm not a grudge holder. I, 
I'm very forgiving um, with things. I just, I don't know, I kind of see the the best in people, or at least I try to. And I just, I don't like taking life too seriously. Like, I feel like I just like love playing. I love just enjoying life. And so, oh my God, I sound like Kourtney Kardashian. Just live life. <laughs> for real. Um, no, I just, I don't know. I'm, I just, I'm not that serious of a person. I think that's like one of the qualities I love about myself is I'm just fun. Yeah. One thing about becoming an adult is you feel like you have to stop being a kid, but. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-mm. still be a kid just in an adult body, you know, like, you- with so many more per- perks, you have money. <laughs> I was just going to say, and now you have the finances to fund those fun things. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's awesome. Okay. Last question is if you could leave women with one little piece of truth to lie on after, at the end of this podcast, what would it be? That having the body that you think will bring you happiness, success, love, all of these things, it's not going to bring you that. Like I, I've lived in that body before. My clients have lived in that body before. So many of us have strived for that body and diet culture in our society have just fed us lies about what makes us happy. And you just don't want to waste your life trying to fit your body into a box because you think you're going to get all those things. Because at the end of the day, nobody, nobody should care what your body looks like. And if they do, those aren't the people that you should be spending time with. Um, and life just gets so much better when you start eating the food you want to eat, moving your body when you want to move it and like wearing clothes that make you feel good and doing things that bring you joy. Like your body is the least important thing about you. Yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes is your body's the least interesting thing about you. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Like when you, so have, true. When you make a friend, you're not being, you're not remaining friends with them because of the way that they look. You're right. friends with them because they're really fun or they're kind and generous mm-hmm. and giving or whatnot. Like those are the reasons why people love you too. So yeah. And like my, I love my body because it allows me to experience life, but it's not, I'm not like an ornament. I don't have to like look perfect and I'm not like up for display. So yeah, that's huge. Thanks so much. You're yeah. Thanks for having me. I was just like really giddy to just jump on a call with you again. Cause I had some yeah. panel with you. So, um, I know our listeners are going to want to follow you is the, what's the best place to find you and I'll link everything else in the show notes. Yeah. Um, Instagram, fit, fat, and all that. And then my website is fit, fat, and all that.com. So pretty simple. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks so much, Julia. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Bye. Bye listeners. We'll talk to you next week. Whoa.